Where were you when you learned that thoughts meant that hoe over there? I was probably sitting at this desk, mm-hmm. and it was probably you that told me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're welcome for Where that. were you? <laughs> Where was I? I was in Parkersburg, West Virginia, sitting in my <laughs> dorm my dorm room on uh It goes back Urban that Dictionary. far, does it? Yes, it does. Interesting. And I was like, why do people keep yelling thoughts? And then Urban Dictionary enlightened mm-hmm. me, and mm-hmm. I was like... There do be thoughts. <laughs> I was very late to the thought thing. Yes, I heard lots of people saying it for quite a while before I had any idea. Mm-hmm. There's probably all sorts of slang terms floating around out there that I don't even know what they are. Do you know what a glizzy is? <laughs> he actually sent me this one. Guys, we no should idea. be. We should have a glizzy eating contest. See, okay. see, Chase can just test us on Urban Dictionary things. I guarantee you we won't know any of them. No. So we, but we can guess. It's, so what do you think a glizzy is? Yeah. Um, it's uh, Obviously, it's a, it's a Russian-derived slang term for eyeballs. Hmm. Cliff? I don't think that's actually true, but that's <laughs> going to be the guess that I'm going to glizzy. Um, it was. It's going to be something sexual, but I don't. I, I feel that in this, in these times, I can't really say anything sexual without mm-hmm. canceling myself. Well, so I'll just say it's. Uh, I say it involves bodily fluids of some kind mm-hmm. on a surface they normally are not on. Damn, I would think that too, but it is actually a Dude. regional term for a hot dog. Oh man, that's so much more benign. Yeah, I was close. Yes. Yeah, Chase sent that to me, and I was like, "Hey, man." We're not there. <laughs> yeah, we're that's not, that's some twenty forty talk right there. We're not doing a glizzy eating contest, you and me. Yeah. Throwing back glizzies. Yes. I'm fine. I'm fine. guzzling, guzzling <laughs> glizzies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, swallow that glizzy hole. Uh, People do it. The Japanese are competitive. Yeah, yeah. So, welcome <laughs> to this episode of Scale Is Needed. Uh. Yesterday was the Sneaky Fit Summer Series, guys. Yeah, yeah we was. were there for part of it. Mm-hmm. You guys were here for part of it. Chase was here for two-thirds of it. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Be honest. Mm-hmm. Feedback. Crush my soul. Uh, I don't... I think I think it was a... It sounded like a success to me. Well, I there mean, you go. End there of the go. show. We did it, guys. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. No. <laughs> no. I, uh, my only... My only... Uh, my, my critique is I should have had a pair of headphones because I sat there to do commentary but couldn't hear what anyone was saying or anything. It so was I, the funniest I just sat there staring and going, mm-hmm. When I realized you didn't have headphones. Yes. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> so that was fun. So I, I tried to provide as much color commentary as I could. And yeah, so my, my critique is in the future, we'll set up all the monitors ahead of time. That's what we'll do. So <laughs> I, that we don't I tried. just tumble in in the middle of yeah. it and just pick up microphones. Yeah, that, that, we, we, had, we had a really uh, weird decision to make, which was we had a monitor for our ourselves. Mm-hmm. We could either hear ourselves or we could hear what was going on on the, on the uh, actual feed. Yeah, yeah. And I guess we chose wrong. So, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. That's cool. That's rad. I, I think, I the, think the world will be able to move on after this. Yeah. Most importantly, yeah. the workouts were rad. Yeah. The people participated and looked like they were having a good time. That's right. That's how you know it's good programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'll... So, who were your favorite teams? Some of your favorite... Who were the standouts? So we yeah, missed us... a lot of the first part of the day. We only caught some of the teams in the last round. So, mm-hmm. what were some standout team names or some standout performances you saw? Were there any heavy hitters from a performance standpoint that showed up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was... Um, well, name-wise, my vote has to be for Bohemian Rab- Rabdo City. Yes. Yeah, that was the good. cleverest that's of the two names you told us. But that yeah, is strong. Say that, that well, had to be what were winner. some other ones that pop in there? There were some fantastic names. Uh, one of them was, uh, uh, why do lot exercise when few do trick? And it's a, it's a reference to The Office, and oh. it has me dying right now still. <laughs> I cannot not find that hilarious. Yeah. I guess if I watched The Office, to, I would know. But yeah, it I has know. to take a notch for uh, lack of universal appeal. Oh, there, yeah. it's it, it is only funny. I think if you if you mm. are are an Office guy. But yeah, yeah. in all fairness, the the requirements for winning state that the person judging the best name mm. is Armin. That's yeah. true. It's I think guy. they get bonus points so, for knowing yeah. they're they're pandering to yeah. the audience. That's, That's true. I, I made that very clear. I that said, is guys, insight. I am the one who is. Go, I mm. am the thing that goes bump in the night. I yes. am the only. Pro- I am, like I can make a vote. For I am I the make, one who knocks, but he doesn't with the thing. 
<laughs> with the thing, whatever that whatever line the thing is. is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then standout performances. I mean, I missed that first heat, which had uh, the Argentina. You said the national Argentina champion national from yes. Argentina. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned that. Was that yeah, fellow yeah. the overall winner at the end of the day? Uh, I don't think so. I yeah, think I haven't uh, looked at competition corner. So there, there is one team that mm-hmm. I know is not submitting a score. Mm. Who has a current 2020 Games athlete on it? Seventeenth <laughs> in the world on the Open, Scott Tetlow. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, I messaged him. I was like, "Hey man, you are overqualified for this. <laughs> this is not going to like you'd have to do this alone for this to do to yeah, 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 do yeah. something for you." And he's like, "Oh, you know, one of our gym guys wanted to do it, so uh-huh. I decided to partner with him. Don't yeah, worry, yeah. we're not going to submit our scores." And I was like. Okay, I, I appreciate hearing that. That's yeah. cool, but like, I mean, more of that. I say that's more games athletes just throw in participate. That's really cool. Yeah, why yeah. not? It, it was, and there was a few others that were sort of like on the fence trying to figure it out. It just it was very very quick turnarounds. Like we announced it, and then two weeks later we did the event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever the next event looks like is going to have way more yes. lead time. So yeah, I yeah. think we'll get more people um, interested in participating. Yeah. And I think I think that uh, we should all agree to perform some sort of dangerous stunt on the live stream just for the sensationalist aspect. That's how you get eyeballs. That's how you get teams. People, they want a fun competition. But we got to we gotta get a ring and we got to set that ring on fire and then we got to do something through that ring. I don't know what it is. But we gotta variety of things. Could, could yeah. be a glazy eating contest. Yes. Could be could be any number of Honestly, eating, a hot dog eating contest. Like, like if we could do, if Cliff and I could do a variation on the workouts but that involved like burger rounds and we called it burger time. Like for instance, we would eat like eat a burger, do some exercises, eat... Or better yet, a combo partner workout where we have the fit guys do the workout portion and the fat guys do the eating portion so that, you know, you guys have several rounds of exercise you have to do, whereas we have uh, two (laughs) two double-doubles from uh, In-N-Out we have to finish uh, in in a particular window of time. But Or we could could just chug pre-workout again, guys. Oh, God, no. no. What What would the scale is needed glizzy have on it? Well, um, <laughs> it would definitely have workout powder of some kind on it. But what is yeah, a workout sure. powder un- that's not pre-workout powder that that, that makes you feel uh, not like you want to kill yourself? BC, <laughs> be- watermelon flavored BCAAs. Okay. Watermelon flavored BCAAs. Does that make you feel that good? That makes me not want to kill myself. <laughs> does, that, does that make? Hey, you know BCAAs. That makes you feel good. That's what Rich uh-huh. Piana drank all day, every day. <laughs> that's every right. Day you look, may. All day look, you may. And that look was, what happened to him. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He got very, very he jacked, got and that's jacked. all that matters. Yeah. yeah. I a stopped flame watching. Burns after bright. That. Burns yeah. twice as bright. Burns half as long. I, I stopped right. watching after after he got super jacked. That's just a happy ending. We have BCAAs on this hot dog and exogenous testosterone <laughs> it's yes. bcaa's it's uh it's chalk <laughs> crumbled crumbled chalk chalk crumbles and we're low carb here so we're not using an actual bun for this glizzy what are we what are we using just another hot dog it's, it's in... a bigger bratwurst <laughs> yes that's that would be great it's a little hot dog Inside of a halved sliced actual larger hot meat dog. On meat, uh, meat on meat, meat on meat hot yeah. dog. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be wrapped in, you know, used workout grips. Mm-hmm. We're just getting that a little too out of no, control. No, not oh, not yeah. edible. You guys remember point. the double down from KFC? Yes. Mm-hmm. Goddamn right I do. Did that get discontinued because it had like a direct not. correlation to people dying? Just <laughs> like just <laughs> heart attacks went it, right from when the, the double down was released. Uh, there's a yeah. there's a direct measurement to the average lifespan of Americans dropping. <laughs> well, in fairness, if there's uh, if you draw a direct line between any point in the recent past and now, there is an uptick in Americans dying of obesity. I'm, I'm not saying sure, it's so. a double down, but I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying we might benefit from a workout powder that makes you not want to kill yourself. There you go. <laughs> I think Get on that, somebody. I'm going to go, listen, for those of you who don't know, the double down is, of course, the healthier, low-carb variation on the chicken sandwich, where... <laughs> You have two chicken cutlets with a little bit of cheese and bacon between them, both fried. You eat them, delicious. Uh, I think it's debatable. Is honestly, is that maybe the 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 maybe the double down is healthier than all those carbs in that bun? We don't know. We don't. I think there's no a one fair knows anything it is anymore. Healthier. I'm here to defend the double down. Bring I it think back. It might be three, because <laughs> I think they replaced the bun with meat, but it's left chicken, the meat in the it's middle. It's a chicken sandwich, but instead of bun, it's more chicken. Yes. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Well, it's a chicken sandwich, but you you must not forget all of the uh, flour in the batter on it. So the batter mm. equals probably the amount of flour in the bread slices, mm. but instead of bread, it's soaked in uh, peanut oil yeah. and fried, and fried, which is 
makes it better because that is much more delicious than bread. Now, so you, you double down to, wins. You have to weigh that against. You have to weigh that against. You know how. What are the adverse effects of having two versus one gigantic, like, hormone-fueled, fried, breaded chicken cutlets? And I'm going to call it a wash, is what I'm going to say. So if it's just a wash, then I'm going to say that the double down uh, unjustly maligned. If it's just the same as the other chicken sandwich, then it's a goddamn witch hunt. So we'd be, we'd be in, this. like, that all-chromed-out utopia yeah. that you see the pictures of in the mm. meme. <laughs> If the double the down wasn't discontinued, <laughs> yeah, the future if the double down still existed, uh, is, is that a meme now? What does Sorry. what does RP have to say about? Oh uh, yeah, I could probably have one down. of those for the entire day, and all my it. macros would be hit. Might mm-hmm. be worth it. Oh, it's an RP nutrition spreadsheet. There, yeah. he has a double down slot. <laughs> <laughs> There's the double down slot. Like how like, many? How much exercise do you have to do in order to mm-hmm. enjoy a double down? Mm-hmm. It's like well. You, you can running? either have six meals today, <laughs> six well-balanced meals, or you can have one double down. How many you calf pick. raises must I do? A lot to earn a lot. The KFC. That's actually down. how it's measured. It's calf 600 raise. calf raises. That's per the basic unit of exercise cutlet. measurement. Is yeah, the calf instead raise. of cows, it's yeah. calves. Yes, that's you could probably quantify most exercises. Like the basic unit of exercise is the calf raise, because there's really nothing that's less of exercise than just doing a calf raise on its own. So really, everything else I think could pretty much be quantified in like the amount of effort it would take to do one calf raise. Just you know, like a pull up. That's like maybe like. Nine calf raises for one pull-up. That makes sense, right? Yeah. But come on, One pull-up is almost as difficult is as there, nine calf raises. Is there an easier single movement than the calf raise? I well, don't think I so. I don't think you start... I think I think you're thinking about this in in uh, the right mm-hmm. ballpark, but you're in yeah, yeah. a different part of the stands than you should be. Yeah. You should start with something that you can use as a universal baseline that doesn't necessarily have to be the bottom mm-hmm. of the pyramid. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, for example, a universal baseline, a push up or mm-hmm. a squat. Yes. And that way you can then measure the calf raise mm-hmm. as like a 0.1 PU. Interesting. 0.1 push up. Because I, that's a good, that's interesting. Because the calf raise, not significant enough to be a basic unit of measurement. Instead, it's more of a subdivision yes. on that. So, it's one of the what are the constituent elements that would build into your basic unit, Damn. which is the air you squat. You would have to I do 100 calf raises to get one push up. Am I understanding this correctly? Or 10. 10. 10. Oh. There you go. Sorry. Close enough. hard. Close mm-hmm. enough. I don't think that's equal. Calf raises. I mean, you're, you're, I'm just you're, throwing the number out there. You guys are you guys are uh, way underestimating the difficulty of a simple calf raise. If doing a calf raise with full range of motion on like a curb or something like mm-hmm. that, yeah, you do you do a hundred of those. You you can't walk the next day. Jet, so don't though. don't uh, don't don't uh, be be cautious around. Sure, those. we have to calibrate these numbers because a hundred calf raises is not equivalent to ten <clears throat> pull ups. For your air, or your air squats for average point. person, yeah. So we would have to actually break the calf. Well, raise. it's a logarithmic scale. Yes. Okay. That's actually that's a good point yeah, it's because not, it's, it's not, not linear. Yeah, it's it not linear. Because if we try and yeah. track it linearly, that's going to fall off very quickly. So it is a yeah. curved line. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a logarithmic scale. So do we base this though on an earlier part of that line, such that just hear me out here, such that like the things are quantified within like the how hard there are to do in like the first 10 you would do rather than the multiplication of effort so is there a difference between right right because yeah. the 100th burpee you're doing in a yeah. set of 100 is much 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 more mm-hmm. challenging than the 10th burpee yeah like 100 like basically calf raise 91 to 100 is a very different movement perhaps than than calf raise 1 to 10 so well i think at that point what you're introducing is a multiplier there you go. Yeah. You're, you're introducing a multiplier here, right? It could still be a 0.1 push-ups, mm-hmm. but you have to throw in the multiplier, yeah, right? At, mm-hmm. at like 25. The, the effort 25 multiplier. 25 calf raises, you're multiplying mm-hmm. it by yeah. what, two? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something level. like that. Maybe 2.4. Mm-hmm. So what is the more basic unit of measurement for exercise, the air squat or the push-up, though? Air what? squat. Yeah. I would go with air squat. It, as might, well. be ha- it might have to get localized, mm. right? You might have to have the, the squats... On their own scale, mm-hmm. pushing movements on their own scale, mm. and pulling movements on their own scale. I'm going to argue for the push-up as the basic unit rather than the air squat, and here's why. Here's why. Cliff Mo- arms. Most people... <laughs> exactly. Two words. Most, Cliff arms. Most people can find themselves, they want to work out, getting enthusiastic about doing a push-up, but not an air squat. Mm. A push-up is like, 
I can do a push-up right now. Drop down, do a push-up. No problem. It'll feel good. I'll get a chest pump. Air squat, then you start to think, oh, my jeans are going to rip. I need to it's fucking true. loosen up my hip, all that shit. You, mm-hmm. you experience kind of resistance when even thinking about working out, doing an air squat. So I think just as an anchor in your mind for a workout you may do in the future, push-up is a better anchor for that. Mm. It's a positive anchor. You don't have as many negative associations with it. So even if it's not quite perfect as a unit of measure, I think like the the uh, the the foot and yard and mile yes. isn't as perfect a unit of measure as the metric system, but something about it just feels better. It's yeah. more human. It does human. feel much more free. More yes. human. Exactly. So I'm European. But I knew it. Counterpoint, by the way. Counterpoint. For the average person, I would say, the properly executed chest to ground push up, I think, is equally as awkward and difficult mm-hmm. of a motion to pr- pull off as like a cold air squat. Like, yeah, I kind of have to loosen up for an air squat. You and I, like the guys around this table, can all fall on their faces and, and rock out a couple chest to ground push ups, and it feels like something you could just do cold. But have you ever seen other people try and do push ups before where they go down like six inches and then their elbows start shaking and then mm-hmm. they sort of dip down yeah, in they're the middle? Like, yeah, 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 those are the people that do the 10 push up challenges on yeah, Facebook. Where and like Instagram. The, the push ups look like this. So yeah. I'd say, and, 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 as we conceptualize it, a properly executed chest to ground push up is also a movement that at least requires some amount of nimbleness and stuff to, to kind of get into in the same way where you kind of have to loosen up, stretch out before uh, uh, an air squat, I would say. There's also, uh, there's also an argument to be made where you don't just scale out the movement and their values mm-hmm. and challenge and uh, reward, but you also scale out your global fitness, mm-hmm. right? So you could use one... TCT one T mm. clear to me, for example, yes. mm. as mm-hmm. your measurement, mm-hmm. right? You know, Chase is equal is, to one billion calf races. Right. <laughs> Chase Chase is sitting at an incredibly elite point eight four. I couldn't remember TCT. the name. Damn, yeah. I'm really Whoa. very very, very fit. fit, incredibly fit. You make up a d- difference there because you know you're a little bit stronger than she is. A little bit. Stronger I talked right I over. What was, I'm I'm what was the number? I the number. What was the number? Point eight four TCT. Point eight four. That's he's really close. Very very fit. Very strong. Very yeah. fit, right? No, I like that. Because, yeah, and, and now here's the question, though. Is that 0.84 TCTs, is that a function of his fitness relative to Tia Claire Toomey's fitness as an absolutely quantifiable thing, or his rank in sort of a, a, the percentile where he's in the population relative to his fitness and other people? I think it's, I think it's an absolute measurement okay, against her, mm. uh, her peak of yes. human performance. It's a game of inches up there at the Correct. top is what you're saying. Correct. Yes. So like the rest of the CrossFit Games field is like a point nine oh. Yeah, like the game, the games field. Yeah, the rest of the female games field would be like a point nine oh. You know, the uh, men's field would be like a one point one. Close. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, they might be a one oh. Some of them might be a one oh. Some of them might be below. Just one to one. Some of them might. Honestly, most of them would be a one to one or worse. I would say like Lucas would, Parker is a point eight oh. Lucas Parker would be a point eight oh. Uh, Travis Williams is like a point eight two. Maybe I'm fitter than Travis. Compared yes. to Tia Claire Toomey. It's a weird scale. It's a oh, weird scale. Now, is this in an absolute sense or, <laughs> or taking into consideration gender and relative re- relative fitness to gender? I think using Tia Claire Toomey is, is a fair measurement because mm-hmm. she is probably the fittest human being that's ever lived on the mm-hmm. face of the planet. I can, um, yeah. you I can make an argument for the it. Only other, the only other measurement you could use is one MF. And you know, one motherfucker being one, one being, MF being one point zero X MF is no. there's only one. Yes, we're going to create our and own numeric system and here, it by is, the way. It is very challenging to even get within like point mm-hmm. nine of that. So, yes, but I, I think that actually, <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody I, I, there. I think we might be anchoring our standard wrong, though, because then we're if we have them set as a one, then we're just dealing with fractions of one or less than one, which is just lame and confusing no one likes decimals we need to start our unit of one at an accessible level a level that is equal to all of us no 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 at a level that these people can be multiples of so we need to maybe the um uh the the Uh, the sj the sjf standard the sum jerk off standard we take the average american male of like uh five foot nine 
180 pounds. 180 pounds, has kind of man boobs, kind of a little bit yep. of a gut, has worked out a little bit, but yeah. maybe, you know, hasn't done so regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, used to run, used to go to the gym a little bit, but used not lately. 300 pounds. I think, yeah. I think, I think we've one got One time it. in high instead school. Of just saying, one time in, when he was 17, in, never of, again Instead after of doing that. the SJF, mm-hmm. the, the some jerk off, I believe we should go with the FQB, the former quarterback. Ooh. The FQB is a beautiful measurement because they like to compare themselves. It is very nice. And it does like to compare themselves with many, many people. I Mm -hmm. I used to bench 300 pounds. I I know a guy who squatted 700 pounds in high school. He represents the kind of guy who says he can bench 315 because he benched 315 in high school. Right. Because then you can actually build in the beauty of the both the imperial and the metric system. Because with the metric system, it's it's tens, mm-hmm. right? So what's ten x one fqb, mm-hmm. right? Maybe some jerk off is ten x one fqb, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes so yes, then yes. you get up to like the Matt Fraser in the world, the mm-hmm. MF. Yeah. The MF equals what one billion fqbs? FQBs? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Quite. I don't know, uh, guys. Um, all the former quarterbacks I know are, are still really fucking fit. Well, actually, that's that's like, true. That, still the F- tone me. But well, here's a it question: It doesn't have yes. to be. You, you can There's, transcend your measurement. No, no. But I think that there, there will you will find that there it will be a linear correlation though between the increasing value of the, uh, the, the of absolute fitness of the FQB. And the increasing value of the one MF, or prior to that, the one RF, because the FQB as a direct result of CrossFit and functional fitness becoming more popular, the FQB value has been inflating. Unlike but, the kilogram. Yes, but the question is, has it been? It has been inflating at a rate that is higher than the acceleration of your one uh, T, whatever T color two TCTs, one yeah. uh, two CTs, or your MFs, or. Is it trailing? Is it is it equal? I don't know. Uh, is one adding value directly into the other, or are all things equalizing? Is it all is fitness democratizing at the top? Are the numbers getting closer together? I don't know, man. We got to write all this stuff down. It's the Luke Get Wilson the standard. Yes, the Luke exactly. Wilson standard from Idiocracy. Everyone no. knows it. He was right at the top of the bell curve on every measure. Um, but here's the question: Do we reconceptualize fitness not to be this? You know, 10, 11, that's, that's tough, you know. But do we conceptualize perfect fitness instead as the number zero so we can begin to introduce negative fitness variables as well? <laughs> so not conceptualizing zero as the, West, as the modern mind was, as the absence of anything. You're on something. You're as the balance between negative one and one. Because stuff like, for instance, you know, drinking a Coca-Cola, that's negative to something or others, but then, and like, or, or some, whatever that is, where Whereas that could be balanced by perineum sunning, for instance, to bring you back to some sort of sense of balance. That's right. plus three. Now so, you're in the positive. So then that creates an interesting new metaphysical model because is Matt and Tia so fit? I added Tia. That's why I said is. But uh, <laughs> is they fit because they are the most balanced? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. We have to create a lot so of like, really complex mathematical It's like a golf score, models. like closest to zero or just lowest. <laughs> No, I closest to zero. It doesn't really work. I just wanted <laughs> no. to say a bunch of weird shit. No. <laughs> it doesn't really work. Uh, um, that's a lot to take in. I particularly like in. the model where I was a point eight four. Yeah, just two points above. Mm. You were Travis you were above Travis Williams in that in that that's model. That's great. It yeah. is fair to say, Not Chase, true. that you are much much closer to Tia Claire Toomey than most people. Just your average Joe walking down the street. It's wild. Yeah. I think that might be the way to do it, guys. Yeah, I think we're we're gonna start using that at the top of my uh, resume. Everyone's fitness is gonna be relatively mm-hmm. decided based off the division, the best in the division that they're in. Yes, I like that. Hey, I've been thinking. <clears throat> Hell yeah! And Tia Claire Toomey <laughs> is a much more impressive athlete, CrossFit athlete, than Matt Fraser. What I think that? Tia Claire Toomey could win this shit forever. I don't. I do not see. Any faults in her game. Like at Wadapalooza this year, mm-hmm. we saw her kind of like fall behind a little bit. But she was also coming off of a competition like two weeks prior, correct? At Mayhem. Mm-hmm. And she didn't look flustered at all. Mm-hmm. While all, everybody else in the field looked very flustered trying to beat her. And At Mayhem? No, no, no. At, at Mayhem, she wasn't flustered at, mayhem, at all. She was <laughs> at Wadapalooza. At even when she wasn't, in, she wasn't in the lead for her, or she was tied. 
at one point. Yeah. And it did not seem to affect her. No. Um, and then the other thing is that there's this look that happens whenever she has to win an event. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. Like, there's no way yeah. she could lose. Like, if she was playing MJ in basketball at that moment... I would be hard pressed to pick a side. So hold on a second. Give me your controversial take again, because I want to. I want to approach it. Because everybody is like Matt Fraser is the goat. Now, really quick, as, a, as just as a point of clarification before you dig in, are you theorizing that she's fitter relative to again the field that she is in? Because I agree, she seems very, very dumb. Like she's going to stay above them, or. Uh, or is it? Or is it? Is it that Matt is in a more competitive field, and you think that he will lose relative to that field, or just in terms of absolute fitness, you think she is uh, the fittest? Yeah, I, gu- I guess what I'd be saying is like, mm-hmm. if you're looking to make a purchase and something expensive, mm-hmm. you would purchase the Tia Claire Toomey model mm-hmm. over the Matt Fraser model because yeah. you'd be like, this one's not gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna it's be built, outdated. It's, it's built to last too. Built, she looks like she's taking care of herself. This is the T ten thousand. And Matt's you know, like the T nine thousand. Yes, exactly. And you know why? Because you know she's she's probably leading a more balanced lifestyle. You know she's supporting herself emotionally. She, well, all she's of that. in Australia. Matt, you well, know, she was. How in long Australia. can he push it that hard on just on amb- ambition and anger? I don't know how long can he go. But she's gonna. She, she's she's in for the long point. haul. She has a more balanced approach. It's like to the this Darth Vader thing. thing versus yes. the Luke thing. Yes, exactly. Interesting. My controversial take would be that if Tia Claire Toomey and Matt were in the same field, she would somehow win. <laughs> Word. But could Matt acquire all of Tia Claire Toomey's superpowers if only he spent a large fraction of the year surfing? He doesn't have the he doesn't have the buoyant bones of an Australian. So he doesn't. The, 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 the swimming, she would always beat him. Hmm. This is an interesting question. And it's a question that I've been asked a lot. People hmm. ask me all the time, who's better, Matt or Rich? And I think <laughs> that answer is already pretty clear. So the real more interesting question to me is who's better, Matt or Tia? Ooh. And I think it's a I think it's very close. I wouldn't say that Matt is like the outdated version or whatever words you were using. He's terrifying. There. That's for sure. I think it's incredibly close, but I think in terms of absolute, uh, you know, it, it it's hard to say because absolute, it's like if they did the same workouts against one another mm-hmm. using the same weights, like who's going to win? Yeah, we well, know. Matt would win. Right. I mean, we're all in silly territory now, so but let's not get too. I would analytical. say in terms of in terms of just brute. Fitness, yep. Tia is probably the fittest human being that has ever lived on the face of the planet. Word. Matt is right up there, but and what are the things that leap to mind when you're when you're asserting this? When I'm when I'm saying that is essentially what I'm saying is Matt Fraser isn't is like a specimen of a CrossFitter, mm-hmm. and I think that Tia is a better CrossFitter. That's mm-hmm. the it's like it's like as if you imagine you're having a bunch of imagine having mm-hmm. some beers. Yes, I've I I've heard of it. Perhaps. Not in a even, long time, though. Perhaps even raiding a bunch of beers, right? Yep, okay. And you taste a beer. Mm-hmm. It's in the. It's in like near the end of this flight. Yep. You taste this flight of beer. You take this. Taste this beer. First of all, what mm. type of beer would each of them be? And a, I need a to know very the delicious beer. Okay. It's a delicious beer. We need specific. We need a specific beer word, Armin. Style. Give me the best beer them. word is, you can think of. It is a. Uh, it is a triple IPA. Perfect. Ugh. Sure. Good. I hate. So who's a triple IPA? No, no, no. Listen. Th- here's the analogy. It's, okay. It's, one of them's triple IPA. One of them's maybe a triple Belgian. A Belgian monk. No, no, no. Let's say you're having. Let's say you're having altogether. a flight of triple IPAs. Is it more citrusy or floral? It's more floral. Okay. It's a triple IPA, which is what I was hoping for, yeah. Armin. So let's say you're having a flight of triple IPAs, and you're mm-hmm. trying to you're trying to to say, all right, this one's better than this one. This one's better than this one. These are the hundred point IPAs, right? So you have one. You're like, wow, this is the perfect beer Mm -hmm. this is a 100 out of 100 Mm -hmm. beer Mm -hmm. and then the next beer you have you're like i don't know how to say this but this second beer yes it's slightly better than this other beer yes this beer is a 100 point beer what do i rate the beer that's better than the 100 point beer well the matt fraser's are 100 point beer Mm -hmm. and the t claire Mm -hmm. to me is like you're slightly better than 100 point beer how do you even and but it's 100 plus where's the difference it's in a world where Where's that difference, though? Where's that difference? What are you seeing Tia doing that's making yes. you think she's the goat? And I'm not saying I disagree terms, with you. Non beer terms. Not, not in beer terms. Not in beer terms. Like I, I get it. The simple answer is running and swimming. That's a good answer, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the the simple answer is yeah, running yeah, and swimming. Uh, the more complicated answer yeah. would probably include the fact that she's an Olympian. Mm. Uh, and the slightly more complicated answer. Ouch, Matt. <laughs> 
I just think Matt I, did pursue weightlifting for quite a while. It's yeah. very true. It's very I think true. you're missing a. <clears throat> I think you're missing a key component here. Oh, and this shit. is, I mean, if you've watched Dragon Ball Z, which is the golden standard for like where this fitness, is going, obviously. I've never seen Dragon Ball Z, but I like where this is going. You would know that the power yell, the the yell that you emit, yeah, and the ability to raise your performance by making this yell is directly a direct yeah, they're, correlation they're to your level of, of fitness. Oh yeah, and yes, mm-hmm. Matt does his yell, pounds his chest when he crosses the fitness line, but does he scream right before a lift and then does a weight that you didn't think was possible? Mm-hmm. And how many times does he do that? I've never he seen him yell right before a lift. He doesn't do it. He tightens mm-hmm. up his belt, pounds his chest, maybe tells the crowd, let's do this. Mm-hmm. But Tia, Tia doesn't even know there's a crowd there. What we're saying is that Tia, that Matt, he's trying to just strengthen his body, whereas Tia is calling upon like powerful spiritual energies. Yes. That's clearly obvious when she's lifting. She's like the know, avatar. She's, yes, exactly. She's just like, which I'm finally watching, by the way. Dude, it's great. I'm going through it with my girlfriend right now, and uh, she's getting me to watch it. And I'm like, uh, most of the way through the first season, it's rad. That's a it's, good show. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's really well written. It's so like, uh, more on that later. She yeah. called. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Man. On <laughs> she's like calling back to all the past avatars, and they're like, kill this motherfucking yes. bar where Matt calls back to a different avatar and he's mm-hmm. like, maybe you should try to lift it. Yes. Her avatars are like, you have to fucking crush this barbell. Your soul depends on it. It's mm-hmm. heaven or hell. If you don't lift this, it's like the, it's like, going to hell. it's like the, uh, <laughs> Savannah, the dream Savannah in black Panther. Yes. You know, you go back and you speak to your ancestors and they're yes. all in the tree. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Matt's is directly like the movie where he's like, you should use peace and understanding type of deal. Be, be enlightened. I've mm-hmm. never heard Matt think about peace and understanding. And Tia's mm-hmm. is like fire and brimstone. What is making that noise? This is it's awful. one of the phones. <laughs> Maybe it's this one. Maybe it was one of yours. All right. We got this. That's mm. not what it was. Oh, what was it? Went away. It was his hair tie. Hair tie. Oh, static. Oh, my God. Crazy. (laughs) You know, it is hard to compare. (laughs) Matt used peace. No. (laughs) No. It is hard to compare. What's wrong with peace, love, and understanding? It's because... it's because Matt is so clearly the best male crossfitter that has ever lived. And Tia is so clearly the best female crossfitter that has ever lived. We're grasping at straws. It's just, yeah, it's like, it's like, how do you do the comparison? You have to come up with mm-hmm. near ridiculous measures. Speaking of near ridiculous measures, Cliff and I recently <laughs> decided to do something that my parents have been encouraging us uh, to do for a long time and teeth. watch. Yes. And <laughs> it has made such a difference. Um, <laughs> my mouth feels less furry. Um no, we started watching ba, 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 the Titan Games. The Titan on Games on Hulu. Yeah, how is that? Yes. Yeah, so, so uh, in I, general, I've avoided most of the fitnessy things uh, or the thing. Uh, I don't. The, my, my parents love American Ninja Warrior, all that kind of stuff, and they're like, "So watch this." Now, I was unsatisfied with American Ninja Warrior. Just a bunch of little people doing gymnastics. I don't care. Where's the weightlifting? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I'm not. I do know what you're yeah. saying, and I know there's been a bunch of other things. Like I, Steve Austin had a show that Broke Tommy Hackenbrook was, yeah, that was on. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really, I've just never checked in with really any of those type of deals. So we just didn't do it. So my parents were making the case that Matt Chan is on there, that Danny Spiegel is on there, that uh, Margot Alvarez. Margo Alvarez is on there. You know, all these CrossFitters. Three, two, so one, go. They more or less forced us to watch an episode. When I'm glad they did. Uh, and it was it was a it was fun. It was a fun show, and what I like about it, uh, it's it's a lot like American Ninja Warrior. They do little pre tapes where they uh, first of all, it's worth noting that despite the fact that Matt Chan, Margot Alvarez, and uh, Danny Spiegel are on there, they never mention their CrossFit background even once. Margot is just referred to as a winemaker, and they show her like carrying around fucking wheelbarrows of wine and shit, like uh, and like that's where she got her fitness from. I, I think it's a, you, well, yeah. you mentioned yeah, this yeah. detail to me at one point is that. They are like the amateur challengers. Yes, they oh, are yes. the amateur challengers. That's what's almost a little fucked up about the whole thing <laughs> is basically. <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar, the Titan Games is the one the Rock hosts. So of all these fitness challenges, and there's like a bunch of them out right now. This one has the most money. And yes. they're battling to replace the Rock. Something like that. Exactly. And it's very American Gladiators-esque. And the important thing and why it's interesting for people who have a CrossFit background is that a lot of the challenges are very 
power dependent uh power uh, in terms of just like actually being able to move heavy shit a lot of l- external loads a lot of pushing logs through things they're a actually lot of really well balanced crossfit type challenges in the sense of it usually requires some balance of ability to move your body and move heavy loads yeah. and have some sort of metabolic capacity and imagine well rounded yeah. things yeah and imagine if a scaled down version of say like the arnold with various odd object implements and things but far less skill involved you know also had 10 times times the budget that they have to put on that sort of thing in that the all of the a hundred times the budget oh yeah what am i saying 10 times the budget a thousand times the budget reincarnated Uh, dinosaurs for this episode we're like literally they have to like oh they have like a sledgehammer thing that looks very inspired by the hammer shit from the crossfit games have to grab a sledgehammer and hit a thing but of course it knocks over a toggle that makes a giant tree sized hundred foot column fall down that they then have to grab and shimmy up to go grab a flag you know, that kind of shit. A lot of money flying around is what I'm saying. But what's interesting is seeing Matt Chan and and, and Tia... Not Tia Claire, to me. <laughs> I wish. That would be fucking rad, actually. <laughs> and see Margot Alvarez go on there. But then, here's the thing. The whole show is premised on the idea that these sort of amateurs are going to go and compete against each other and all vie for the chance to take on a Titan. And the Titan is a professional athlete. And they have Tyrone Woodley and some fucking skiing lady and some fucking other person. UFC, some... what, former UFC welterweight champ Tyrone Woodley. Exactly. And some NFL guy. Who's yeah, like they have NFL-y. these guys. And so they're going to, you know, these amateurs are endeavoring to take on a skier and a fighter at obstacle course racing. And some of the amateurs that they have cast on this show are Matt Chan, Danny Spiegel, and Margot Alvarez. Which, which is really, it's like, which, which it's, again, I'm glad they're on there and it's rad because as it turns out, they're good at a lot of that kind of stuff and they're winning. I haven't finished the season. It's like they're secret Titans. Yes, exactly. Well, that's the fucked up part. When you see and one they, of them. Do they go head to head with other amateurs? Yes. Well, that's the thing is that they, uh, they go head to head with amateurs and they're not winning all the time. Some of the stuff is like, like Matt Chan definitely lost a couple events here and there. But with some of the shit, like there was one where Matt Chan is literally tied to another guy and where they're having to like throw barrels out of a ring and like like and like big heavy fucking barrels. And you can tell that they're both fit and that the other guy is way bigger than Matt, but he has no idea how to move odd objects. So he's having to try and get the barrels to the edge of this like 12 inch tall concrete barrier and kind of nudge them over. Whereas Matt is grabbing the barrels and hurling them eight feet across <laughs> And it's just, and where it gets fucked up is when they actually do the pre-rolls where they're like, yeah, he's an outdoor enthusiast and uh, she's a winemaker. <laughs> and then they talk about their competition. It's basically like CrossFit dads. And it's like, he's a CrossFit dad and he goes to the gym and he used to be fat. Like and now three he's years thin. ago, he was 390 exactly. pounds. But now, now he's a 215 pounds. Literally, it's of... like he's a DJ and he works out a lot and blah, blah, blah. And then he's going against Matt Chan. <laughs> he's going against <laughs> fucking <laughs> obstacle course racing and fucking hitting shit. It's ridiculous. That's the worst draw you can make. Yep. Yeah. That said, there's like there's like a combine. There's like a Titan combine they all yeah, have to yeah. do. So all the people there are reasonably fit. Sure. So it's like they do actually beat the CrossFitters at some events. So it's not like a runaway. But there yeah. are levels to the game is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, yes, exactly. And these yeah. people are uh, not not at that top level. But the unfortunate thing is, 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 is and I haven't watched I've watched maybe three or four episodes, but uh, they put their Titans, you know, like and all... It's you just see Tyrone Woodley and some Olympic skier and some, you know, Olympic boxer just losing and not just losing to the CrossFitters, but losing to the the, the people who are clearly also CrossFitters, but CrossFit not, dads. you know, yeah, CrossFit dads, basically. And of course they're losing. Why wouldn't they lose in this context? I don't know. It just seems like and it's just a lot of the episodes involve like because the rocks on the floor sort of emceeing the whole thing and like high fiving people and doing whatever. And many multiple episodes end with The Rock coming out to hug their celebrity athlete who's like crying and like thank them for participating. He's like, thank you so much for coming out. It's great. It's the best part of the show. Including, they have a chance to come back. It's all very much structured like a kind of CrossFit season. There's like second chance qualifier. So it's like if you get knocked out, you get to come back. So some boxing lady, I didn't see the episode where she got knocked out. She loses to one of the amateurs. She gets to come back so that she can then lose on the same obstacle course a second time 
time to another fucking amateur. And then, yes. I mean, it's just. And this is the Titan? This is the Titan. This is the professional athlete oh, how the Olympian they've fallen. In. And I, it's like, after you lose once, don't bring them back and make them do it again. They're not going to get better at it. You know, I don't know. It's just. It's 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 highly entertaining if you're a fan of CrossFit and you know the history behind behind some of the people involved. Damn. Um, but uh, yeah, it's rad. So and what I'm saying is we should watch through all of the Titan games together and provide our commentary. I'm 100 percent in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I recently watched Katie. And can, and I, we, can we talk to Margot Alvarez about her? Absolutely. Titan? Yeah. I, like I mean, Margo. depending on I've, what I've, NDA she had to sign. I've got That's I've true. got her uh, I've, I've got her her contact info. We should get fantastic. In on that. Let's get oh, the yeah. inside. Bless let's you. get the in, thank you. Uh, let's get the inside dirt on how uh, how all that shit really we'll went buy down. Four bottles of her wine. Yes, if she comes on the show. Chase and I did the wine review. Yeah. I remember wearing yeah. those silk robes mm-hmm. and not much else. <laughs> yeah, I want to know the behind the scenes stories. Like, yeah. why no CrossFit mention? Did they say that? Oh, or, uh, did they edit oh, it yeah. after the factory? Oh, yeah. uh, all that, all that. I actually, just all know. the Titans are super weak because they're doing blood transfusions <laughs> to the rock to keep them massive and yes. super young. <laughs> like that's literally that, that's actually the purpose is just to find the person who's going to give bone marrow to the rock. Yes. <laughs> Tyrone Woodley starts the season. He's like, yeah, and yeah. by the end, he's yeah. just. He's gaunt. Like, oh, no, just, he's crying because he's just dying. Saying, guys, I'm just saying, if Matt Frazier ends up somewhere without any bones, <laughs> we know. Someone look at the rock. Someone look, look at, at his rock. thighs. Go look at the rock. He just to... has like a weird new t- like heart tattoo emerge on his uh, on his ribs like Matt Chan. It just Why do I know Matt Chan's tattoos? Oh, we did that doc piece about him years ago. That's oh, yeah. why. There you go. Uh, I watched Hobbs and Shaw recently, the Fast and Furious spinoff mm-hmm. with Excellent The film. Rock yes. and Top Tier. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, it made me think of a few things. Mm. One was I should watch more movies with The Rock. Yes, and, probably always. Uh, that is obviously something I'm missing. It's like you have to get your vitamin D by sunning mm-hmm. your perineum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you get to... your vitamin D another way through getting Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> that is D-Wayne correct. Johnson. You have to get your vitamin Dwayne and you got to get your vitamin D. Mm-hmm. And that's those are very important. But mm-hmm. here's the problem with The Rock, though. The Rock, I love him and he's great in that. But The mm-hmm. Rock just is our greatest action star who's mm-hmm. never been in that many great action movies no. he, he has not had he has not had his classic moments exactly. like Mm-mm. he didn't have a commando or yeah. a blood sport and quite frankly the uh the fast and the furious movies are not cutting it they are just not no they're, they're not, not good no. no no it's it's it is it was quite hysterical to try and watch it mm-hmm. um you know sober i guess mm-hmm. but it was it was really uh, ah, that's silly it was entertaining i don't know why you would do it that. was entertaining only in the in, only in the fact that it it knew how stupid it was mm-hmm. and would it's become call. self-aware. Yeah. It's well, become and, I say, and I will say this, the, the Hobbs and Shaw is better than the other films in that series. I stopped watching after Tokyo Drift. Yeah, I have not seen a single one since I've then. seen, I think all of them except for maybe the last one. I don't know. One of them. I, I saw I missed, seven, the, I, I missed the fate I, and the furious. Yeah, something like that. I saw, I thought I saw I've seen seven, all I, think. Of them. I couldn't Doesn't tell you anything about them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They literally just evaporate from your mind immediately after watching. And that's though it sucks. I actually really like David Leach, the director uh, who did Hobson Shaw, but even he could not survive. I guess the per- like his, that film did not feel in any in any way like either one of any one of the films he directed prior to that, and felt a hell of a lot like just one of those tedious fucking Fast and the Furious movies, which I just don't really. What dig. does the director actually do? That's There's the only fun, yeah. like four scenes that isn't explosions yeah. and cars. Well, no, so the entire movie—he's a fantastic action director, but I didn't. And I, you see glimpses of it in that, but the whole style and rhythm and everything. And the type of story and the amount of emphasis they put on just tedious scenes of people saying emotional shit about family and all the shit that wasn't present in David Leach's other films, which were like Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde and a lot of really, really tight, funny, aggressive, dark action movies. None of that was there, but all of the excess and bloat of the fantas- of Fantastic uh, <laughs> Furious, Fantastic Four, uh, Fast and the Furious is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Uh, all the fantastic, uh, God fucking damn it! The fantastic furious. Yes, all of. I, I'm gonna say it. All of the bloat that is normally present in a Fast and the Furious movie was there, and it made me angry at that movie after I saw it. So I'm, I'm, I am I, with you. I had no. I, like I said, I haven't seen a Fast and Furious movie since Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. So to me, uh, the first movie where it's basically uh, Point Break, mm-hmm. and then. This movie, 
where it's Avengers. Like, mm-hmm. I, there's no... I there don't, was very I much don't, Avengers. I don't see huh. the gap in between. Yep. Fucking Idris Elba has a Transformer yes. as a motorcycle. They became superheroes several films ago. Oh, yes, I yeah, was yeah, like, the what the hell? Yeah. Well, At the one, one point, by the way, they, even Black do, Superman. they do a direct call to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rock does the whole like holding onto the building, holding onto the helicopter thing oh, that yeah, Captain yeah. America oh, yeah. does. Oh, yeah, Except yeah, yeah. this time, it's holding onto a truck and holding onto a chain that was attached to a helicopter. That was, a, that was yeah, an inspired yeah. moment there. But it's inspired but, by Chris but, Evans. But, 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 yes, but, but yes, what yes. you missed, Armin, in the the arc from Tokyo Drift to now is the era in which those movies just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Now I won't argue those movies are good. Four, five, six, seven, and eight, but. Man. Four, five, six, seven, and eight is when they became really popular. Mm-hmm. Like especially like four and five is when shit got taken to the <clears> next <throat> level and started getting popular because they started getting these massive budgets with these huge, crazy stunts that you'd see in the trailers yeah. and be like, "Whoa!" And in, and in fairness, and, and giving, get, giving get a lot bigger. After yeah, I think that. I think the biggest difference is that in one, one and two, they had to roll out the uh, the like warning before the third one. They're like. Don't do these stunts. Mm-hmm. Don't try to recreate these, right? They had to do that because people are like, I could probably do that with my Lancer <laughs> Evo, <laughs> right? <laughs> and now it's like self-explanatory. It's like, that car's flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Duh. Yeah. The- he jumped out of a third-story window, landed onto a moving vehicle going 90 miles per yes. hour, and his bones didn't disintegrate. The, the Don't scene, do that. The scene in Hobbs and Shaw where they are driving at full speed along the cliff's edge in Samoa, and are being uh, tried to get, uh, you know, helicopters trying to pick them up. And out of the sort of cornfields, these like various trucks are showing up <laughs> and like attaching themselves mm-hmm. to the front truck so that there's more and more weight and more and more You've never done that? or something. Yeah, that's yeah. an everyday thing in West Virginia, dog. <laughs> They're they're car spies, Armin. That's what the show is. It's car spies. It's just even listen. Even Katie, Katie is the most giving Uh viewer of every movie. She's like, of course, I completely buy into the world that you're painting here. I will suspend all disbelief. Even she was like, why did they bring the virus extraction Mm -hmm. machine to a chop shop in Samoa? That doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. Well, he's the only one that could work on it. He's the only one that can do it. I just, I honestly, don't think about those. Don't think about the, the MacGuffin and everything that relates to a MacGuffin. That's always silly. It's all, it is very silly. You know, Uh, I totally forgot that there's a whole section in that movie where it's like they're doing battle on a place that's not in earth, not on earth. No. Like that whole scene where it's like the industrial complex that's just, that's just no. falling apart the whole time. It's just a, it's, it's falling it's apart just a forever. factory. Yeah. It's a, it's factory, a factory that exists apart. to explode. It was, you for you completely forget as we entered that factory. <laughs> where are they? I was like, I was telling Katie, I was like, Katie, this, I, I love this. This is the classic factory that explodes. What is bad? Oswald's line, the factory that just makes sparks. That's, mm-hmm. yes. mm-hmm. the what were they making? Sparks. That's, Explosive that's stuff. Only... Oh, that's like the bad guy's base there. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's just yeah, the yeah. base. It was hundred percent. It's only there to explode. That's yeah, the yeah. only reason that place exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all of its complexity exists solely for them to drive on it so yeah. it's like are there rafters they're gonna drive on those is there giant you know what's pylons? funny it's i saw fall, that movie and it. i don't remember anything you're talking about right now which <laughs> is not which is that a, whole part just a, didn't feel necessary <laughs> clearly because <laughs> like, i don't well, know there no, was stuff no. that felt like it was okay to watch and then that one added well, nothing guys 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 these movies aren't structured around things that are necessary <laughs> there's nothing necessary it's necessary? it's idea it's idea for action set piece another idea for action set piece another idea for action set piece okay so we have five ideas for action mm-hmm. set pieces so how, can how we do come we up, get there? how can we come up with a quick macguffin to get them from here to here let's invent something about a virusy thing or a computer thing or it's one of those things somebody. Mm-hmm. And so that'll be the thing that'll get us from here to here. What was it? Like the chick had the virus in her and she was going to die? Is that Who what that was? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there was actually an entire scene. <laughs> it's funny you I should mention. About why it's they were funny trying. you should mention unnecessary moments because there's actually an entire scene that is all CGI mm-hmm. that actually does nothing for the movie. And I was like, why is this even here? It's them like like ex- escape hatching out of a fight fighter jet to land in the in the place in the factory that explodes ah, no, and it's like probably to bridge two sequences that didn't normally yeah. go I was together like, they yeah. spent they spent 
fourteen million dollars on this like forty seconds of yeah. the movie. Not even oh, forty wait, seconds. The, car, the cars are falling out, right? They're in cars during it, or are they? No, out? they They're... are out. They like parachute. They like parachute through the sky. I was like, <laughs> this. This is just. They just CGI the Rock and Jason Statham parachuting so that they could get somewhere. I got. This Man, makes I, no I, sense I, to I remember so little about this film. I don't. Does the Rock get a standard parachute? Like, mm-hmm. would me and him be using the same parachute? <laughs> I hope not for the Rock's sake. <laughs> but yeah my point is i feel like i should be watching it's more movies the with the rock yeah mm-hmm. and more I, movies I, with ryan reynolds that was the two those were my two takeaways yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he's I in the movie he is in oh have you seen detective pikachu yet yes i sure have that's that a fun was, that's fucking hilarious that's a fun movie i like that movie that was a very good movie yeah, yeah. way and, better um, than hobbs and shaw way better oh yeah that goes without saying yeah, yeah the thing is Here's the thing with Hobbs and Shaw, with all those goddamn movies, is it's just the fact that they feel just like, they feel, they don't feel like movies, they feel like assemblies. That is, to, and it kind of gets to what we were talking about last time about them being, it's very producer-driven, but just the fact that it is a series of actually, like, pre-visualized action set pieces that are then stitched together with what is clearly being introduced as a kind of counter element uh, a, a tone to, to to mediate those things which is just the, the the drama or the character stuff in fast and the furious which unfortunately rather than being new or original or yeah uh, or changing from film to film generally involves a few people standing in an area where a sunset's happening and just intoning some words about family at each other's faces and it's not pleasant to watch it's not fun it's kind of tedious and saccharine and feels hokey and blah. And so you just, the whole, the films are often this kind of like, <laughs> it's like this worst of all possible worlds where you see a poorly conceived CGI driven action sequence featuring a bunch of anonymous people you don't care about. And then those same anonymous people you don't care about instead of an Avengers movie where they go like have fun and make jokes and one of them's Robert Downey Jr. Instead they just stand on a beach for five minutes in between action sequences <laughs> staring at each other's faces going, but how you said I was family. I am your family, but you got to be family to me. But your family, I'm family. You family, and I was, ho- and I, but that's why I was actually f- looking forward to Hobbs and Shaw, as I was hoping that okay, David Leach is directing it. They're getting rid of all of the dead weight and just putting The Rock and uh, Jason Statham in a movie. But it'll have all this money behind it because The uh, Rock, Fast, because, exactly because of The Rock, because of Fast and the Furious, all that shit. And instead, what you got was just clearly a couple David Leach directed sequences inside of what was just another product, another Fast and the Furious product that felt exactly like the rest of them. I'm actually, I also have a hard time understanding what is the real thing they actually film in those movies? Supposedly car stunts, though That's, I'm not sure like, if that where that happened. You what know? is the re- like? Well, what's I mean, really, the point, what's what the point of the... shooting something if you just literally it's drenched in so much CGI that you can't see that it's real? It just feels like the only time you actually see an uh, an un CGI'd shot is either when they're just standing in some mm-hmm. anonymous place talking to one another, or it's in the middle of this crazy CGI mm-hmm. thing, you know, helicopter is exploding as it goes over the side of a cliff. But that guy's really cars, walking right there. And it just like, it like does a quick shot to reaction face. Yeah. Oh, by the way. And then it comes back to this giant scene of things exploding. By, but you know, by the way, like if you think we're kind of joking with some of these things, like they shoot cars, but then, you know, why? Because you're going to CGI. I was watching the other day, uh, the Corridor, which is this great uh, uh, CGI like uh, uh, production company. They do fun videos. They do this series called Stuntmen React to uh, uh, cool stunts. And so they sit down with the stuntman. They go through a bunch of cool stunts or a bunch of cool CGI things with CGI artists and react to scenes and movies and talk about what was done well or poorly. It's a fun series, but they had a stuntman talking about one of the X-Men movies. And he had doubled Nightcrawler. And he was talking oh, about how for this one scene where Nightcrawler's in the, this cage fight that they spent all day just yanking him around on wires slamming him into this cage as he's supposed to be like teleporting around this cage and so he's being slammed in over here slammed there then they showed the finished shot and you see like a frame of him here or there drenched in so much like like fake cgi smoke that's like the magic of of him what in other words
afterwards, he was watching the scene. He's like, really, there was no point in them shooting a single frame of me. I spent like all day doing stunts, being pulled around, being shot, huge crew, all day. He says, there was no point in doing any of the things. You don't see any of it on screen. So when we talk about the idea that apparently they shoot a bunch of car stunts and it really doesn't serve a fucking purpose, you see that all the fucking time. Like you literally hear stories as if you look at uh, 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 like back in the day. I mean, this goes back even to like uh, looking at like the special features on Lord of the Rings about how they would shoot these elaborate set pieces or things or whatever the need to change the angle slightly so they would just CGI over all the months of practical work that they did and they do this all the time in Hollywood you hear about Mm -hmm. films that do tons of practical effects horror films and then they just replace it all at the end with CGI so my question is when we're watching a Fast and the Furious movie I don't doubt that a bunch of cars they spent a bunch of money on a bunch of cars and drove them around in some place somewhere but when I watch a Fast and the Furious movie I question how much of that I actually see when one car is let's say jumping from the top of a skyscraper to another skyscraper or they're all linking together like transformers i mean just make it a goddamn animated movie right because at that point when you're seeing a car jump off of one skyscraper to another skyscraper Mm -hmm. which by the way i've seen that trailer never seen that movie my assumption that might be the best movie you gotta see that one. i don't even know which one that is but i'll watch it if you can tell me which one no i think that was later that was like seven that one was very good i think that was like five or six my five or six my my imagination my envisioning of how the the production process for that works is a hundred people standing on the ground taking one 10 second shot of the two buildings and then another 300 people spending four months painting in a fucking CGI car going from one building to another. In their defense, they had to shoot the hell out of those buildings from all sorts of different angles. They're not for just reference two guys before out they front. built yeah. them all again in a exactly. computer. That's exactly. It. In fact, it's they so might have even done save some, a lot of money. They might have even done some weird shit like fly, hang a car and a helicopter between them to get mm-hmm. reference shots of how light would look on a car, and then replacing it as yeah. reference for the CGI car that be going and through there. By so the way, so it's like that. the art is in the logistics as opposed to the art. And, all right, and, and let's let's look at let's look at the let's look at CGI and where we are with stunts and things in a post Jurassic Park world and on. So around mid-90s Jurassic Park shows up and suddenly you can do anything you want on screen. And (laughs) since then it has been an arms race to create bigger and bigger representations of things. So Lord of the Rings happened and then for 10 years as we talked about on this podcast before we have armies crashing into each other. Alice in Wonderland ends with two giant armies crashing into each other. Uh, You sort of the dying end of that trend. And then Avengers comes along and now everything is fights over cities with super Superheroes and beams shooting into the sky and a bunch of shit like that. But it's been this arms race to what, how are the, how can we render bigger and bigger and bigger things? We have now seen so many big things rendered with cartoony CGI that it it does not. I don't. It. I think good the film climax like, of that was Avengers Endgame. It's yes. like okay, good, good version of that. Biggest it's version both, of that. Yes. It's both the giant armies coming together yes. and the giant beams, the beams laser from beams the sky. Above, so it's yeah. the biggest it's ever going to be. Great. Let's leave that behind for now. Yes, That's but great. the point is that because we've seen that for so long, because we've seen that for so long, things that used to impress us have started to impress us again. And as we've been revisiting some older films for another podcast that uh, I'm working on, uh, and looking at the uh, just old like stunts, for instance, that's why I'm getting to with the cars thing. Is uh, whether it's Jackie Chan or whether it's uh, Richard Rush movies like Freebie and the Bean or early Robert Zemeckis movies like uh, Romancing the Stone, which has a rad stunt where some people jump off a waterfall, they nearly die. It's great. The point being that I have found that as I've returned to films and have seen things like great falls from windows or people getting dumped out of car, moving cars onto sidewalks and executing back rolls, all in a very clear shot that allows you to see all of these things. And then even returning to silly action, but practical silly action, like the films of John Woo. We watched Hard Boiled and The Killer the other day and just fire and explosions and sparks and doves. real guns doves but real guns going off real squibs. the difference between seeing a John and I love the John Wick movies but seeing the John Wick CGI no real bullet hits thing versus mm-hmm. seeing the John Woo thing of firing the double 45s yeah. about 25 shots at one dude all the squibs all the smoke from all the guns yeah. it's about 19 different shots where a person's entire internal set of internal organs is eviscerated yes. and you Love feel every bit it. of it and they're yanked back 
back 30 feet on a cord at the same time that this is happening? Well, the romantic... Mm-hmm. When there was, again, in the 80s and 90s, like, guns and violence in movies and TV was like a social issue that people talked about. And so these really romantic images of people holding guns and doing things began... To, uh, and, and shooting and killing people became less cool. And so as it has... As a, there has been a resurgence post-Taken and then all the Taken variations and then John Wick sort of was one of those that then redirected all that energy. They have all been pushing towards a kind of literalism and realism. So it's all, these are tactical techniques and we went to a gun range. We're doing real life jujitsu. And as action has come back post-John Wick, all of this action has had a kind of literalism to it that has all been very, very tactical. We took you know uh, Keanu Reeves to a gun range and this is how a guy would actually shoot. Which, by this the way, is, is rad. That was a it's nice shake-up because we hadn't seen it before. So now that is added to the toolbox. It's, cool. Awesome. It's wonderful. I love it. But it's important to remember that's not good action. That is one aesthetic texture of a thousand that action can have. To look at another one, like a really romantic and elevated version of it, look at something like John Woo, which we all thought or were taught to thought was kind of silly as it became less and less popular as we began you know, to see uh, it parodied in films like uh, even Hot Fuzz. Things I love mm-hmm. with guys jumping sideways, firing two guns in the air, doves flying in the background. It became the subject of parody. And yet, if you look back at that stuff now, especially something like Hard Boiled, it feels way more dangerous than John Wick in the sense that, dangerous both in the literal sense that there's fire and glass and explosions and real squibs being fired in proximity, or real uh, blanks being fired in proximity to human beings that are going off. And, and it just looks dangerous. And smoke and all that textures yeah. that go with the light yes. of the fires shining through the smoke from the guns. Versus John Wick where there's no gunfire and all of the CGI muzzle flashes are added in later. And I so, did not know that. Oh yeah. There's no, oh, there's, there's no there's one no, shooting guns. Yeah, or no, they, they no are, actual. but not in the close court, all that close quarters stuff. He's just going, you know, he's pointing and he's clicking and, there's and they're no, adding there's that no shit of sparks and smoke that comes from a gun and subtly and you think you don't notice you think you don't notice but then go watch and go back and watch hard boiled the moment like like that uh, Chow Young Fat knocks on the door there's a scene where he knocks on the door a guy opens it and he just takes his gun and just shoves it into the guy's stomach and pulls the trigger like like hiding around the co- that's the first thing he does to well and the the gun goes off there's a big bang a huge squib explodes out of the guy's stomach and he's knocked back into the room with slow motion and it's so violent and it's so exaggerated and it's so interesting and it feel it just feels dangerous in mm-hmm. a way that all of this highly sanitized but very tactical and very real and cool John Wick action just now feels kind of just feels it feels Hmm. very it feels very banal now and then to return to an idea where you could uh, to a a cinematic language where you could make a gun feel like a romantic thing almost as opposed to you it's a tool and we've we've made it all we've we've basically taken all the romance out of it um, it feels kind of dangerous and kind of provocative as well as like literally being dangerous because everything's on fire in those movies and there's sparks going off and explosions around everybody but nevertheless it's um, I don't even fucking remember how we got onto this but the point being that in many different ways CGI and uh, uh, just the the absence of real stunts and the absence of tangible things has become its bigness has become transparent to us beams in the sky armies crashing into each other we don't notice anymore but a well executed stunt and you don't see these anymore where like a car's driving by and they dump someone out onto the ground and you see that person roll and they're not wearing pads that stuff causes me now to like pause the movie rewind sit up and go holy shit did you see that person eat shit on that sidewalk like yeah, that you love it. wow and you then you go back it. yeah or like one of the like now like maniac cop 2 which we used to talk yeah, about that all might the time. have the best set of stunts in any movie ever it like has a great fall in the beginning where a guy goes gets knocked out of a window out of a window he falls clearly an entire floor the camera's just pointed up from an alley so we see the whole thing hits a van rolls off the van and then boom right onto the concrete and, it and then stands it. up from the concrete and then is immediately shot yes. and a squib goes off Damn. all in one shot this is how our detect- detective hero is introduced by yes. the way he walks back around behind a building crash out the window guy falls on a van falls mm-hmm. from the van to the floor stands up 
immediately gets shot. We pan over, and there's our detective who just shot him. Yes, and this all kind one of practical stunt. This tangible stuff, which it, it, it when we talk <laughs> about really real, dumb. real stunts, real effects, it's like it's not all esoteric. It's like this is like this stuff. Really, I think uh, every, instead of uh, if you compare your feelings watching or like how into you you get when watching one of these aerial CGI battles now versus seeing like and I've watched the effect we've been watching a lot of these movies with our friends and like people sit up when they see a well-executed stunt we watched Romancing the Stone with my girlfriend and, and Richard the other day uh, and uh, there's a stunt where they jump off of a, uh, a a waterfall and it was very dangerous when they did it but you notice you can see the danger when it happens a car goes over a waterfall they jump off the top of the thing the car and both stunt people all plunge into the water at the exact same time. Uh, it was also featured in a recent Corridor Stuntman Reacts video we watched yesterday. And uh, and it's just, it's cool, man. We need more of that. And yeah. that's why we're passionate well, about it. Well, uh, the other side of that is that with like good stylization, you can make cool action out of like anybody, mm-hmm. right? We just watched Scott Pilgrim. Kate's yeah. first time oh, seeing yeah. Scott oh, yeah. Pilgrim. And I was rad. like, they made Michael Sarah into a fucking badass yeah. action star. Yeah, and that's being. And by the way, and they're using they're using all of these modern te- all of these modern technologies. They're modern using CGI, technologies, but they're using CGI and a combination of CGI and practical effects to just create an entirely new aesthetic texture for an action mm-hmm. movie. That's not John Woo. That's not John Wick. That's something else. It's fun. It's playful. It's cartoony. It's unlike anything else. But you know, and I think that uh, unfortunately, because most people uh, just you know replicate what exists, what often happens is we'll have something like a John Wick come out. It will define a particular aesthetic texture. Everyone will say, "This is how good action is now." The old action, not good. Well, this, that's, that, that's, that's how it always. That's good. how it happens with every new yeah. action movie. And it's now like a, something big comes, which is new. The Born Identity. Actually, yeah, Born mm-hmm. Identity. It's his. Matrix, Born Identity, John Wick, where, you know, someone actually does something original and new, goes to the well and brings something new to the screen, and then there's a bunch of copycats for a few years Mm -hmm. until the next big, cool, new thing comes along. Mm -hmm. Even things slowly evolve and morph as the John Wick action has morphed to include some of the Indonesian stuff that's been going on lately. Very much so. Damn. I think bringing back John Woo at his time. Yes. Everyone's ready for it. Everyone's ready for some doves, some I'm, fireballs. I'm so ready for Face Off too. Dude. Doomsday Clock. Face Clark. more it's counting down. What movie would you be more excited right now to see, by the way, than a film directed by John Woo, but that's a ver- that's that's optional, but come on, John. Uh, what else are you doing? Um, uh, and then starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta I would at 100% this level of crazy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying, Please. like, who the fuck wouldn't watch that give movie? Me, right give me, give me the sequel. And again, with both of those guys, what else are you doing? Not much. <laughs> Getting massages. For, yeah. Getting the, massages. This would be the massages. fourth comeback for each of those guys. I know. Also, it's, National Treasure Like Four is coming out soon. Is that actually a thing? I is it really? Okay, Nicholas Cage needs money. That's what's happening. So Colorado then he's space and definitely game for Face Off too. Oh yeah, I think, I think Disney Cage, Plus was just like Nicholas Cage has been man. game for anything. Caster, Caster Troy has been resurrected. Yeah, Caster Troy has been resurrected. All right, oh, guys, man. that was great. They really cut their faces off for that movie. I think yeah. they actually did. I think that was a real. That, mm-hmm. that was a real stunt. It was really tough to get it back on. That's actually why they've both looked like that. Really since hard then. for Nicholas Cage. Very easy for John Travolta. <laughs> just pop, pop, pop. Just get the buttons off. Nope. Uh, yeah, that was great. Let's wrap it up. That was All beautiful. Right. Well, I am at Mr. Kyle Bogart on a currently inactive Instagram account. <laughs> I am at Cliff Bogart on an occasionally active Instagram account, pointing out the fun things in the world. I'm at Chase504 on Instagram. And you can find me at Armin Hammer TV. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and hanging out and listening. And we'll catch you next time. Take care. Later. Later. Good job, Sonny.